This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Spider-Man Far From Home. My fanboy special edition, Spider-Man Far From Home. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with the internet's Paul Montgomery. 
Hey, everybody. And we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. The surprise last film from Marvel Studios' is, uh, third wave. Is that what they're calling uh, that's it? That's right, yeah. Avengers really did feel like that should have been the end of the wave. We have a prologue here, I think, in, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Or an epilogue, yeah. Epilogue is what I meant. But it also feels like a prologue to the next phase. So it's, it's a, it, I would call it a transitional film. Yeah. Produced by Sony. And that's probably why this film exists at all. I'm sure Marvel wanted to end on Avengers. Directed by John Watts, who did Homecoming. Noted tiki enthusiast. My buddy met him at a tiki bar and had a conversation about Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Which made sense because there's a lot of tiki references in this movie. And written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers. Of course, starring Tom Holland as Peter Parker Spider-Man. Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. And Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio... The rest of your cast, Marissa Tomei, May Parker, John Favreau is a big presence, Happy Hogan, Zendaya as MJ, and then we'll talk about the rest of the, the supporting cast in a bit. As Peter Parker and his science, I guess class or club, whatever they are, yeah, go on a crazy expensive European vacation for a Queen's public school. Oh yeah, it's like the joke of like a summer rental movie where they're staying at this terrible it's not a hospice, but it's like it's a the place that they booked to stay overnight in Venice, at least, is sinking. It's sinking. It's literally sinking. But even then, I mean, God, I was just I went to Queens Public High School, and uh, I can't imagine at any point we would have gone to Venice, let alone also Paris and wherever else they were planning on going on their trip before Nick Fury hijacked yeah. it. But that's not important. The, the, the important thing is Spider Man after the events of Avengers Endgame is now in Europe. Spoiler warning, of course, now that we've mentioned things, but uh, if you haven't seen the movie, pause and come back as Paul and I jump in to talk about the film. Mm. I thought this was utterly delightful, Paul. I thought this was cute as hell. I think Tom Holland has now made me forget all other Spider-Men. Interesting, okay. Live-action Spider-Man. He's perfect as Peter Parker, and, and I love this little group of characters. I think everyone in this film is winning. Yeah. They've created a great ensemble starting with uh, the returning students and and yeah. when when they in, when they first introduced the concept of this movie I was like okay so uh, I'm I was excited because okay all the kids like Ned and, yep. and Zendaya and everybody like at MJ are, are going to be going to to Europe and that sounds like a really great framework mm-hmm. uh, for this movie because I love those characters there's there's so much fun but then also I was like wait a minute Mr. Harrington is probably going to be the <laughs> chaperone yes I love Martin Starr in these movies. He's the best as the well-meaning, slightly inept teacher who is his life is constantly falling apart around him. He's great. J.B. Smoove as his counterpart is great, too. I imagine it was like an ad lib when he tells that story about his wife pretending to blip <laughs> to just to get away from him, <laughs> which is such a weird, complex joke that you can only tell in this weird, convoluted universe that Endgame has now created. At right, you need two War, other films to make that joke work. Yeah. That's one of the main subplots, is that this is post-everyone returning, and if we get a little comedic thing in the beginning about that, um, and it's sort of an explainer, I'm really not even quite sure I've wrapped my brain around how it all works, but... Right. All the people came back in what they're calling the blip, in which when Thanos made them all disappear, and there's a really funny bit where the, the band returns and gets run over by the basketball team because they, they blip back into the court. Mm-hmm. Were they saying that everyone in the blip aged? I guess they went away at a certain age, but then they aged in the blip and came back older. Is that what they said? That's why the uh, the handsome guy came back. Yeah, I was, I was confused, confused about that. Because I was like, shouldn't it be that he didn't blip? Yeah, it should have stayed the same age. And then he would have, yeah... 
So I don't know. It, it that, That's a little confusing. They did answer one of my big questions, though, which is it goes with the basketball team thing. But uh, Aunt May is like she's leading up this uh, this charity for displaced people from the blip, mm-hmm. which it was like if people disappeared like for five years, like new people are living in their homes right. and like the, like their their spouses are. are that was the, that was the joke. Right? And, so she came back and they thought they thought she was a ghost or and. Uh... Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and so shouldn't shouldn't Peter be way older than two because he was gone, right? I don't know. It, fell, it falls apart a little bit when you think too hard about it, and it's like sort of very neat that both Aunt May and Peter and like all of his close friends blipped, right? Like it's like there's no sort of mix of like Flash didn't not blip. It's it, like it's so it's 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 very convenient that everybody in his circle is sort of like they they blipped so they have the same status quo. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate because you know Avengers took the films five years in the future. So technically, this film took place in like twenty twenty three. Right. <laughs> yeah. Five years from when the blip happened, and it's a needless complication, which you you really don't really get caught up on because it's not really that important ultimately. Right. I think that they and and they had advance warning on how Endgame was going to end and mm-hmm. or and even the events of Infinity War. So it doesn't feel like oh they tacked on this stuff. No, no, like it's fully oh they ingrained. got saddled with this. It was like it it is fully ingrained into the story for better or worse. I, actually, I was really surprised because so I went into this movie totally clean. I didn't see any trailers. Yeah. I, I think I caught a couple of still images, but you know against my will. And I'm glad because I went back and came, after the movie and watched the trailers, and they give away so many of the big plot points that were. So you didn't see the trailer that actually spells out, "Oh, there's a I'm I'm this guy from the multiverse." No, I saw nothing. Okay, that's and I think that was a very interesting marketing ploy there. Yes, because people who don't know Mysterio don't know who he is and that he's a he's a right. fraud. Even if you do know Mysterio, you're like, wait a minute, and especially after Into the Spider Verse, sure, could be it's like, oh, they're actually going to expand this whole multiverse thing into the MCU proper. Like that's kind of crazy, but they're really setting you up for, yeah, you know, the, this the same trick that that Peter falls for. Not to go into tangent with the trailers, but yeah. like they gave away that they gave away MJ figuring out Spider Man. They, they gave that away- one was. Crazy to me. I was like, why, why would you give that away in a trailer? And they gave away <laughs> That's uh, a big moment. Uh, Happy and May's secret romance, which was, I thought was a fun reveal. Like, I, I just, I was I didn't really remember su- that. I was really surprised. I didn't remember that from the trailers. But. Oh, well, the first trailer opens up with that whole conversation where Peter's looking back and forth between the two of them. Um, and, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I just blocked that out, but yeah. I, I thought that was great. I love that choice. But to get back to the film, I was really yeah. surprised at how rooted it was as the epilogue of Avengers in that, you know, Tony is a major presence throughout the whole film. And yes, very much so. One of the themes is, will Peter become the new Tony Stark? And clearly, right. by the end, he is. But mm-hmm. on, its, on its way to being the, the next Tony Stark, not now. In a really great, another great happy moment. Yeah, I thought that was great. And when 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 it's like sort of unspoken, when Happy is just watching him do the moving the stuff around the uh, all the um what's it the, called the three uh, D minority report. It yeah. reminds me of yeah. like when he's moving the stuff around, building the the suit in like AR or virtual reality, whatever. And Happy has that like sort of twinkle in his eye, like oh yeah, I remember this. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting how ingrained. Iron Man was, and, and even even flashbacks to previous films where we inserted mm-hmm. inserted Jake Gyllenhaal into Stark, and so we saw more of Robert Downey Jr. in yeah. in flashbacks, and that was a really interesting surprise to me. 
and and along that front, uh, the return of uh, Ralphie from A Christmas Story, yeah. <laughs> uh, as one of the star to, and he was in the original Iron Man. Uh huh. Like they didn't, you know, shoehorn him in like they did with Jake Gyllenhaal. Although it feels natural. Yeah. With with all those characters, but um, but yeah, that guy is John Billingsley, I think, is the actor's Peter, name. Peter. Peter Billingsley, right? He was in the original Iron Man and that had that argument with Obadiah Stane. Right. And now they've brought him back for this, and that it just makes it feel like, wow, look at what they've built over these ten years. It's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, well, the film opens with a very strange cold open before the credits, in which Nick Fury and Maria Hill are in Mexico, and the, there's an elemental there, and then and Mysterio, Mysterio shows up to save the day, and it cuts very oddly, and then it goes to the credits. Yeah. It was very bizarre. Mm-hmm. I get why they did it as a way to set up the relationship between S.H.I.E.L.D. or not S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mysterio, but still, it was a very strange scene. Are they like Nick Fury's Howling Commandos now, or what? I guess it's sort of Black Ops in the yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. team. Yeah, I'm very confused by, like, what S.H.I.E.L.D. is now. How like, does he fund it? Like, I don't know how any of that works. Because, like, it's also, like, sort of the FBI, like, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's It's weird. There's a lot of crossover. It's strange to me, but... Anyways. Yeah, so in the in Venice the it was the water elemental, basically Hydro Man yes. attacks and Peter he has his suit because May packed it against his will. He didn't want to bring a suit in vacation and has to save the day there and then he meets that's when he gets pulled into the whole uh intrigue with Nick Fury and Mysterio who's Tells everyone he is a soldier from another multiverse where his where the elementals killed his Earth and he's come. Yeah, to his Earth was destroyed. His family and make and all a that last stuff. stand. It was interesting watching it, you know, knowing Mysterio's character and right. thinking, how, yes. how is he doing all this? Like, yeah, how is this happening? But then, oh, so you were uh, from the get, even though you hadn't seen like trailers and stuff, but you knew that obviously that Mysterio was going to be in it. I knew Mysterio was in it. Yeah, but the thing is, Mysterio is all is what he is. Right. So you knew he wasn't on the up and up. For sure. And first of all, okay. we knew he was the villain, but also right. that's his thing. He comes in, he makes he creates elaborate illusions and in the comics I think he's a special effects guy. Right. So I, the whole time I was thinking, man, how is he doing all this? this I mean, how, it's really hard to fake this giant battle in the middle of Venice but mm-hmm. with buildings getting broken, but it's like they're putting a lot of weight on like hard light technology. Yeah, know? but the and, uh, but explanation but of they, was work actually worked, made sense in the com- yeah. in, in the context of the world they created. And also fit in with previously explained technology, like yes. the Edith stuff with the drones, like was already in place. Mm-hmm. Like even though it's like at this point, like Tony Hat can create all of these, all this crazy tech. Like you just believe that you just you're you're bought in at this point. It all makes sense. In the I world. like that in the movie they establish that there are drones that can do this stuff, and you just have to add the hologram aspect to it, and like, oh, okay, that's how it works. That's how they're doing this. Yep. And so in the midst of Peter being constantly getting pulled into this fight against the fake elementals, he's also planning on making his feelings known to MJ while she's also being courted by Brad, who was one of the returning blip people who came back super hot. And then, of course, one of my favorite little subplots is Ned and Betty falling in love on the flight to Europe. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I, I knew right away they would break up on the flight back. Right. It's like, it's, it's very, it's very tropey. It's like it, that, that, particular subplot is very emblematic of sort of how there there's some cliches and some like like high school like hijinks movie tropes in this movie but they're mm-hmm. but they're f- so fun that you kind of you know i i at least am able to forgive it like I, like i've seen this before it's very predictable but mm-hmm. i like these characters so much and 
Oh, for sure. It works. And the, the way they completely became that annoying couple, like right off the right. bat, was funny. And it's, you know, Ned is is not your typical high school romantic lead in this kind of scenario. So it was nice to see see that happen with Betty, who was your sort of typical pretty blonde character. So it was nice yeah. to see that wasn't even an issue. I like that they're kids. Yeah. And, you know, like they're they're making some fairly dumb choices a lot of the time also if you if you kind of buy into the dorkiness of this movie and just engage with it and also think of it as this movie being through the lens of the very naive young peter parker i think it works more that helped me with with nick the way nick fury is depicted because it's it's very broad well, let's that's, let's that's, get to that in a minute because that's yeah, a big. That's, that's sort a, of it, it, that's sort of ignoring the scroll stuff. Even before the scroll stuff, I was like, man, like, like Nick is. It, it's like very caricature of Nick Fury. Well, okay, let's know? just get into that because that was the only. Okay. Watching the film, the only real problem I had was, I was like, they're really, they're really writing Nick Fury strange. He's like kind of out of character, not out of character, but you're right. It's like sort of like a. It's dr- like back to square one. A drawing of Nick Fury as opposed to Nick Fury, yeah. you know, and. But then it's revealed that he's actually the Skrulls from the Captain Marvel movie, and the real Nick Fury is actually off in space doing something with the Skrulls. But like when they wrote this movie, did they know they were going to do that? I, I can't tell. They had to because there's just a couple of very strange lines, and there's a conversation in the middle about the the Kree that we walk in on with between Fury and Maria Hill, a quote Fury right. Maria Hill. I mean, it was clearly meant to be that the entire time because he was not. Everyone else was written really well, and he was written as like. Someone who thinks this is how Nick Fury talks, uh, very yeah. sort of bat. Like the the part where Mysterio dis- defeats the uh, Hydro Man element- elemental, and then he, you know, he says the first thing Fury says, "Well, we must always remain vigilant." You might as well have his hands on his hips, and yeah, that was the first sign I had that something was really strange with Nick Fury. So it, it, it's like he should be chomping on a cigar, and it's it's very I don't know. It's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's almost a caricature of. And and you find out that it is it's it's Telos's version of Nick Fury, and I thought that was great because then it basically undercut my only real criticism of the film, so that became became a benefit of it. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie again and watching it with that lens. Yeah, I only have one other real mm-hmm. problem, and that's just a a very specific thing to me. We'll talk about that at the end when we talk about okay the mid credit sequence. Okay, so there's the Aunt May happy romantic subplot. There's the Peter, Brad, MJ subplot. There's there's a lot of romance going on in this trip. There's Ned and Betty all while they're running around through Europe. And they ended up getting mm-hmm. diverted to higher class accommodations by Nick Fury's unlimited funding team. They get they get sent to uh, Prague. And then instead of going to Paris, they go to London. Because that's where right. where Mysterio wants to stage his big, his big world-shaking uh, event that will cause him to be join the Avengers. And his motivation was a little strange. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted the world to listen to him. I think that's what it seemed to be. Yeah, he he wanted recognition, and he also like his, the I mean the whole the key thing to it was I create I spent years working on this uh, hologram technology, and then through a flashback to Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. We see Tony using it you know, for like his therapy session, like to go back and visit his parents. And he calls it BARF as an acronym. Right. And it's just like, you've made my life's work a punchline. Right. And so I, and like, 
that's interesting because like Tony Stark looms large, looms huge over this yeah. whole movie. I love the idea that like Peter, although he loves and has a lot of respect for Tony Stark at this point, and especially as like a as a young man who's like trying to find himself as a high schooler, mm-hmm. he's he feels under the sh- he feels burdened by this whole thing of being the next Tony Stark or living up to being the next Tony Stark and being an Avenger. Whereas in the previous movie, he all he wanted was to be an Avenger, and so now he's like run he's like literally like running to Europe to get away from it just for well, just he, for a little while. Just he saw he it. saw how terrible or hard it is to be an Avenger. In yeah, the, in the Avengers. Movie. Sure, and that, that's that's totally believable. And I love the fact that he sees like murals of Iron Man everywhere, all over the world, no matter where he goes. So there's there's that reminder, and then we're also reminded not just of his heroics, but of all his foibles, mm-hmm. and this whole team. And I love that it's a team. It's not just Mysterio by himself. Yeah. It's not just, um, Quentin Beck by himself. He's yeah. got this whole crew. They're all angry and, and feel kind of, they were all misunderstood. Forgotten. Yeah. Not misunderstood, but they were all sort of unappreciated at start. Yeah, industries. I like the story guy writing dialogue on the fly. That was funny. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just, it was just kind of real smart the way they had that team put together. I guess my only thing was, what did Mysterio think would happen once he joined the Avengers? He would be immediately exposed for not being a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't actually have any superpowers, so mm-hmm. his the well, jig would have been up. Villains can have, like, an interesting, like, relatable motivation, but they don't necessarily have, like, the the full thing plotted out. Sure. You know, there's there's a lot of improvisation going on, like with the guy writing on the fly. So, like, he's just playing it by ear and i'm sure that his ultimate plan wasn't you know what he ends up doing in the end Mm -hmm. uh, as revealed in the in the mid-credit sequence that's not plan a (laughs) yeah no that was that was just sort of the last that ditch thing definitely i love spending time with these these characters i love the peter and mj romance i think zendaya is terrific i think she's a really naturalistic actress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're great together i like that she's a little bit taller than him yeah I like that she's very layered. She has that hard outer shell, but with Peter, she lets it down. I had a moment of a little bit of heartbreak when Peter thought, "Oh, you've just been looking at me because mm. you know you you thought I was Spider Man and you were trying to figure it out." And like momentarily, I was like, "Oh, that's totally possible." Yep. And like, that's a very Spider Man, or, or that's a, I should say, that's a very Peter Parker thing. Like, this has been going far too well and like it's almost been too easy you know get you know for her to 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 fall for him or whatever or you know him to get the girl and well especially since she's not the traditional mj she could you know it's not like it's not like your redheaded irish mj from the comics that we all know it's a different version so therefore anything can happen with her she could just have been looking at him because he was spider-man yeah you could totally buy that being the thing i'm like oh man yeah maybe uh, you've been like thinking too little of MJ that she's just the love interest. Right. Like it could totally be that she's like, you know, it's more of the Tim Drake thing. She's like the detective. She's figured it out. And, and so that I, I had this little pang of like, Oh, because I, I really bought into the possibility of their relationship. Right. And, and, of, and of course, you know, I, w- I was, I was right that it's sort of too good to be true because mid credit sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, sort of throws everything into chaos. But I also like the little team at the end when, when to their all you know, the final battles in London and they and Happy and the kids who he rescues with MJ and Ned and Flash and Betty get trapped in the Crown Jewels and the Tower of London and mm-hmm. 
This was they, you know, I like that MJ had a weapon, you know, and Betty was the one who grabbed the not spear, but whatever, whatever that was called. Um, oh my god, that reminds me that I had the dorkiest moment in the in the theater. It, it was happy says like give me the spear and yeah. then ned says that's a halberd i said it out loud at the same time because <laughs> i was like that's a halberd that's not a spear so that, i think that was fun i mean i liked <laughs> i like i like betty a lot so it was interesting that she didn't get because she was in she was in it as much as anybody else oh yeah she didn't get a special end credit you know like all the main characters had their own little oh yeah end credit card and she was the only one thinking i was a little surprised by that but um and she was that she had such a fun like small role in the in um homecoming yeah i love the like having been one of the av kids in high school and doing the morning news show i love the hell out of that <laughs> that opening sequence with the uh whitney houston's cover of uh i will always love you yep. over the I, I was like this is a little flip for like a tribute to those three avengers that died for like peter to have made this yep because i was like what is this at first I was like okay some they somebody built this video and like you know, like like Final Cut or whatever, and uh, it's obviously a kid did it. So I'm thinking like Peter, but and then when they reveal that it's like the the high school AV team, and there's the one picture with like a Getty Images watermark on it, I laugh so loud. <laughs> it's all such the, a all the terrible all the terrible uh, transitions. Yeah, yeah, it was... all the, uh, yeah, and like the the shot of Vision is like believably like this like snapshot that someone took, like you know. Super meters away yeah. from the airport like when when they were in berlin it just like it just looked like terrible quality but then of course you have like all these shots from wired of of uh tony stark so you can get those and but uh i, I love that stuff it, the thing about this film and this, it was true for homecoming as well is that like it's such a good high school film yes you remove the superhero elements it was almost a point where like when mysterio showed up in venice i was a little bummed for a second because i just wanted to keep following them right. around in venice yeah that's why i think the movie works so well because the spider-man elements and the nick fury elements and the mysterious elements were are really good and then also you have really good teen romance elements so it actually works yeah, and, on a lot of levels and both of the and both of these spider-man movies are like two of the best showcases of what it's like to live in the mcu mm-hmm. yes and just be like a person and like see how things are perceived by normal people right so that, I think that's really interesting. So this is a really, it's it's sort of like really good placement to put this after Endgame uh, to show how people are coming back from this. And it's also like tonally so different. It's it's such a, a breath of fresh air. So even though it's really complicated and there's a lot of, there, heavy stuff does happen, mid-credit sequence. <laughs> it's so lighthearted. Oh, it's ex- it's extremely funny. That. Yeah, it's it's very funny. You need you need that after Endgame. Yeah, cause I was at first I was like, oh wow, I don't know how I feel about them so directly, you know, examining Endgame and its impact. But then, right. But they did it so well that I was okay okay with it being an epilogue. Uh, I also movie. think it's so weird that like so the the wider world knows that Steve Rogers is presumably died between these movies. Well, I guess they're just telling people he died because. Well, oh, okay. gonna, you know, are they going to tell people that he went back in time and lived his life in the forties? You know, like it's just, it's just. Well, easy. I didn't think that, but but you, yeah, you raise a good point. We don't necessarily know that. I think it's like easier it, for the Avengers to say, yeah, they, you know, these three died in the battle with Thanos. So he could, so he could still theoretically be alive. Um. Yeah. I mean, old man, Steve, old man Steve. Old man He didn't. 
he didn't slump over on that bench at the end of the yeah, so. yeah, effectively, that's yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I assume he's somewhere. As I wondered, I was like, are we ever going to like see that moment or like get a flashback in a future film to that moment? I guess it depends how much money they offer Chris Evans. <laughs> it makes the most sense to them just to say these because you know, in a way, he did die. He's he did not come back yeah, from that right. battle. He. I mean, at first I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." He was, he's basically he's basically front of the yeah. He's, he's effectively yeah out of the picture. I had so much fun seeing this, talking about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Immediately afterwards, I want to watch it again. It was just different because I didn't feel that way about Avengers at all. Mm. After Endgame, you didn't. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was as we talked about the show. I didn't, oh, was I on the show? I wasn't on the show. No, I wasn't on it either. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was great. Okay. And I, I don't really feel the need to watch it again? I, I, I was very impressed by it. It's very messy. I feel like I've been watching Ant-Man and the Wasp a lot because mm-hmm. that's like just a very fun, watchable movie. So like that's my thing. If like I just need something on in the background, sure. I put that mm-hmm. on. Endgame is so heavy. And yeah, I have I, such complicated feelings about how like what happened with some of the characters that I kind of I don't want to relive that necessarily. I just I don't want to take I just want to my yeah. my metaphor that I've been using when I'm, people have asked me about Avengers Endgame is that I think Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame are very much like Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War. Like I I enjoyed Civil War. I've seen it one more time since the theater. I don't really ever okay. feel like the need to watch it again. Whereas I watch Winter Soldier, you know, at least once a year. I think Infinity War is a much better made film. Uh, Endgame had a lot of great moments. And scenes, mm-hmm. but it was overall like kind of a mess, and uh, kind, like of, a kind of really unsatisfying. Impressive mess. Oh, impressive! Like, it was like, definitely impressive. Just when you when you when you pick it apart and like go like, look what they look what they did. Like look what they were able to do. Yeah, <laughs> and that it's not a total train wreck. You know, I'm not even saying it's a small train wreck, but like that it's not a total train wreck is is kind of a miracle. Yeah, I just found it very yeah like no, unmemorable at the end of it. Like, I don't know. That's not really important. The point is like. Mm-hmm. I came out the opposite way of feeling this. I will definitely be watching this again and again. Mm-hmm. Can I share the crazy rumors I heard about this movie before seeing it? Sure. So I, I, I saw this somewhere. I don't remember where, but someone said because they introduced in that trailer, that second trailer, that there's the multiverse element, mm-hmm. which we find out to be a fiction, which, and which I presumed would be the case. Yeah, I was like, they're not actually doing that. That's Mysterio yep. fucking around. Like, that's not that he's... he's. I love that he got people that <laughs> even know better. That's how good yeah. Mysterio is. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So, I was like, that, that, and I was like, that's a really clever thing. So, I was like, okay, that's... So, when I was sure that's what was going on, which is when they introduced that scene in the movie, I was like, oh, they just totally threw this away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no in- incredulity to there being a multiverse. They're just like, okay, roll with it. I was like, that's when I knew that he made this up. Right. I heard a rumor. Someone said that, oh, the multiverse part, and this, there's that whole, you knew going in there was going to be a lot of emphasis on Iron Man having died. Yeah. There's like, oh, in third act, we're going to see Tony Stark from another reality. Mm. that's going to give Peter closure or something. Right. And then the other rumor was that the third act would involve Tom Holland teaming up with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man from <laughs> other realities <laughs> to stop Mysterio. Oh, you got to love people's ideas. But it's like, but it's like, you know what? When it's, they have a deal with Sony 
and it's a, it's a it's a cooperative kind of project. It was like you you can't rule it out. Like yeah, that sounds crazy, but after Into the Spider Verse, it almost seems possible. And they weren't entirely far off because we did see the return of a Raimi verse Spider Man character. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So the mid credit sequence. Well, the end credit sequence was the reveal that the that Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill were scrolls. They were um, Telos. Telos and his wife. Probably. Yeah, I think so. That was funny. I love Telos. Love seeing him again. Yeah. And then so then we we see that real Nick Fury is actually in a spaceship having a Mai Tai or something uh, from yeah. a fake screen showing the ocean, and he seems to be commanding a ship full of scrolls or something. Who knows what the fuck that is? Yeah. Because they mentioned the Kree earlier. I know that I know the Kree yeah. were, were the bad guys in Captain Marvel, but it feels like a Kree scroll war kind of situation. Who knows? We'll, we'll guess we'll find out. My friend Preeti, who wrote the uh, the tie-in book to the, the the middle grade tie-in book to this this movie, uh, mm-hmm. Peter Ned's uh, European Vacation Diary. I'm probably getting that title wrong, but that's basically what it is, and it's a fun book. She suggested that oh, this is basically a, a get out of jail free card if they ever need it, like. Just saying, like, if there's something in, in one of the previous movies that they need to retcon, they can mm-hmm. say, oh, that was a scroll. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the beauty of the scrolls. But other than that, I don't know what they're building here. And they haven't announced anything for the next wave of mm-hmm. rumor and speculation, so who knows what it means. So the mid-credits sequence. So the movie yeah. ends with Peter taking MJ for a swing around Manhattan, which was really fun and cute. Yeah. So they come to an end on the, from the swing. She says she never wants to do it again. It's all adorable. And right. they're in front of, I think, Madison Square Garden. And uh, yeah. very casually leaving her on the street. And no one seems to be care or bother them. Right, yeah. So then the uh, breaking news report happens on the giant TV outside of Madison Square Garden, which there are giant screens. They do not have sound on, uh, on them, though. But uh, it's Pat Keener right. from New York One, our, my favorite New York anchor. That's a real anchor? Yeah, he's, he's the New York okay, One cool. anchor. He's a, he's a New York folk hero. Okay. He's in a lot of TV shows and movies because people in New York love him. Uh, he's an affable Canadian. Anyway, so then there's a report from the whole f- fracas in London where because everyone still thinks Mysterio was a superhero who was, was helped save the day from all these elementals. Right. And, and so he, I guess in his dying moments, because he, of course, gets shot and dies at the end, claims that Spider-Man killed him and he edits some footage that makes it sound like Peter was controlling the drones, which I remember at the time when he said the line, the way he said it, I was like, well, that's a weird way to say it. Well, yeah, execute them. Like yeah. it's like Edith says, "Do you want to execute the protocol or something like that?" Yes. And he's like, "Execute him." Yeah. So he uses that to say that Peter right. was the one using the drones to attack people, and then uh, because he, re- he wants to be the new Tony Stark, he doesn't want anyone else to have right. that claim to fame. And so then everyone starts looking at Spider-Man strangely, and then Mysterio says, "Peter Parker, Spider-Man," and then but, but then right, this is all framed by the fact that this video was obtained by the Daily Bugle, the DailyBugle.com. Which is mm-hmm. sort of positioned as like an Alex Jones esque website. Infowars. Infowars, Alex Jones esque scenario. And right. we have uh, J.K. Simmons returning as J. Jonah Jameson, who says, I've got this video from Mysterio, and he frames it as Spider Man being a menace and all this, all this stuff. I don't know if I like framing That's J. Jonah framing. Jameson as an Infowars esque character. And I think they do a fake out because during. Part where when Peter's on his way to pick up MJ mm-hmm. and he's swinging around town, yes, he does that thing where he like runs across the side of a building and you look inside and it's like it seems like a newsroom, yes. And you're like, oh, are they going to? Is that going to be the Daily Bugle? But no, it's that they they pull the rug right out from under you in this very consequential end credit sequence. And very important, both of them. 
Yeah, I thought the same thing when he ran across the windows of the office. It would be the Daily Bugle. Because, you know, the Daily Bugle has appeared. The Spider-Man films has never appeared in the other Marvel things because it was a Sony property. Uh, right. In Daredevil, it was like the Daily Bulletin or something, whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I like how they're framing Jonah because even though he's an asshole, he's not evil. Right. But then I also, and this is a very minor thing, I hated the way he looked without the flat top. Yeah. With Jakey Simmons' bald head and the mustache. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird look. I thought it, he looked strange. He didn't look like Jonah. Yeah. And I get that's a minor thing, but he looked so perfectly like Jonah when he played him in the Raimi films. Mm-hmm. Okay, bring him back. But now you make him look different, so now in my head I'm like, why does he look different? It was and a bummer. Like a totally, and is a different person because... Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I don't buy that, that Jonah from the Raimi films being... No, no, they're just using the same actor. Diabolically just, evil and a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, it's a different version. I just don't know if I'm ready for like a... You know that like, kind I don't, of Jonah. I don't see J. Jonah Jameson as a as a uh, you know Sandy Hook truther. Yeah, so that's that's the only misstep I've got in the film. It's weird, and I knew that that was going to be really controversial. It's like, oh, that's the way they present the bugle in the video game, the the recent Spider-Man PS4 game, mm-hmm. as it being more of an Infowars style thing. And I know a lot of people did not like that and and i think i think you you make the point that yeah it's like it's it's not as nuanced as the bitter relationship yeah that they have you know historically in the comics and and then the movies we'll see how it goes it could also so we may never see that character again i feel like unless they never make another spider-man movie because it feels like a fairly consequential twist at the end and if you never see him again it would be strange they are definitely making another <laughs> I know. Spider-Man movie. But if this is if this is the last one, then fine. But like they're good, they're gonna definitely make another one. And then since that's the cliffhanger, that has to be the story. Next is that Peter's been revealed, and also everyone thinks he's a bad guy. And even MJ is like whoa, which is, and I just sort of not to not because we can go way down a rabbit hole in this. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of really relevant, scary stuff in this movie, like the sort of the post-truth world kind of stuff there's some very relevant jabs at the current status quo in the real world well it's also that's a theme in the film too is what is truth yeah it's very much a thing so having that ending i think is very like it pained me because i love the happy ending yes i loved it and then it was like so i was actually like i felt kind of sick like i was like i felt like peter probably did i was like Oh God! And like, but also because that stuff of like doctored video mm-hmm. and stuff is very scary. Like, I, and I think back to the Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where they fake a video with Spock in it, right? When he's Ambassador Spock, and it was like, that's the stuff that they're like doing now, where they're like faking, you know, they like they take like in like yeah. video of Obama and they like make it look like he's saying something else that could trick people. And I was like, that stuff is like legit terrifying to think if you. You know, that stuff is more terrifying than supervillains because the supervillains right. are n- not real, never will be. But yeah, no, I had the same sort of anxiety feeling afterwards because it's like, oh God, how, oh no, not now. Yeah. Don't yeah, look, do this to Peter. Was so good. Why did you, which is, a, which is great. I think it, so like my, which is great. Like, yeah, you want that. And it also is very appropriate to Spider-Man. That is yes. absolutely a Spider-Man ending. And then in addition to those very heavy sort of, discussions of things that are happening now there's some lighthearted stuff like it, it can't just be me who when mysterio was in london getting ready and he had 
the other woman that he was working with steaming his cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was a great. I was like, are they doing a Hope Picks thing here? And then, like, they went back to it. And I was like, oh, they're definitely going there. But also, we should mention, I think I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was terrific. Yeah. I'd, we haven't talked about him at we'd all. We'd be remiss if we didn't. Because he is great. He was moments away from becoming Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2, the previous best Spider-Man yes. film. Yep. I have to rethink all my Spider-Man rankings after these two. It was like uh, Tobey Maguire got injured in Seabiscuit. Yes. I remember us being on like Any Cool News or something. And they're like, Gyllenhaal might be the new Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, uh, I could kind of maybe see. I don't know. But he's not as dorky as Tobey Maguire. And, but like, yeah. So he plays this character that you totally could buy Peter befriending. Especially this very naive Peter Parker. He's charming and funny he's and very nice. Vulnerable Peter Parker. Yes. Yeah. When Peter comes around and fake fury is being mean to him, he's the only one being like, "Hey, yeah, you're smart. You're a good kid. You did good." Like he's actually reinforcing all the things Peter doesn't get from anybody. Yeah. Even taking him to a bar and talking to him about his girl problems. Like it's like he's like Peter's ultimate older brother, best friend type character, which he uses that to to get what he needs from Peter. But that's why you buy it because he is all utterly charming. You know. So even though. They didn't trick me like they did with the vulture. In, yeah, I mean it's a it's a very different twist. They've gotten two. I mean, even though I knew Mysterio was bad, apparently fooled enough people. That's two films in a row they did a really good job of sort of pulling the rug out from. But even even then, even if you're like a long time fan, you're like, what is like what is going on here, and like right. what is the end game, and like and like like you said, how is he doing this? Right, is really good, and then. And at the end, I was sort of it was it was interesting because Ralphie from A Christmas Story gets that <laughs> he downloads stuff and takes it off the laptop, and I was like, for a minute, I was like, I wonder why they included that, like mm-hmm. him getting away. I was like, is he, is he gonna carry on being Mysterio? Like that's what I thought until the mid credit sequence, obviously. And then you like you forget about it, and you're watching the movie, and then you're like, oh, yeah. I thought I thought oh, for no. sure they were setting him up as like some or the possibility of him being, you know, another villain down the road. But yeah, yeah it's actually way worse than that. Yeah, because he, he could punch Ralphie in the face, no problem. It's public opinion being turned on you is a whole other thing. But so far, I think the MCU is like two for two in terms of great use, inventive use of the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery. Yes, Scorpion's in there too, but like you know, he's like <laughs> a tertiary character at this point. So that remains to be seen if they do anything with that. But really great uses of Mysterio and Vulture, right? Who a lot of people consider like c-list no way villains. not true spider-man fans i i know i know mysterio has <laughs> always been one of my favorites but all the originals um, are the best that's what Raimi knew that's what Raimi understood yeah my final point would be the mid-credit sequence was all the more i think impactful when you think about how the film starts with peter as like the toast of the town basically at that benefit for yeah may's shelter where everyone wants a picture with him and the funny interview scene like Everyone loves him, which is very non-Spider-Man-y. And so that by the end of this, we get the, you know, mm-hmm. the 180-degree Spider-Man menace scenario. So it's just that's how you get there. It, it like, breaks your he's heart. Not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man anymore, right? And that's what he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I think I think you know, like a little bit shaky in spots, but I, I was so just endeared to these characters and just the the whole setup of the trip to Europe, and like I I kind of even though it gets broad sometimes I really loved it when it did like when he almost killed this guy brad with a drone from (laughs) outer space like it was funny it was just like it was like wacky hijinks spider-man 
Which is good. This is the energy I was looking for when they brought him in as a younger character. Like, he, he's a exactly. totally different vibe than the rest of the movie. It's, this is, you know, you get a certain thing from the Spider-Man movies, you get a certain thing from the Ant-Man movies, and then Avengers movies are completely different. Thing. Right. And so it, it's there's something for everybody. And I love that at this point, the the ranking lists of favorite MCU movies is so different across the board. Yeah. Like, I can never guess what somebody's top five is, even at this point. Like, it used to be, okay, well, Winter Soldier's going to be on there. You know, Guardians is probably up there. Yep. But now it's like, it's, you know, anybody's guess. So it's like, it's, it's very subjective now. And that's great. It is great. There's, there's something for everyone. A comedy tonight. So let's rate this movie. Paul's favorite okay. part of the, of the show, where we rate the film on a scale of one to five. One to five. It's uh, I'm on, I'm on a little bit of a high from it, so I don't I don't want to give it a five. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm gonna have to go four point seven five. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go th- I'm gonna go three seven five. Interesting. I think it's a lot of fun, but I think there I, I was frustrated with some of the like Iron Man two kind of stuff where like this has to carry the weight. I think it does a better job of it, but it has to carry a lot of like connective tissue mm-hmm. between movies. And like after Homecoming, I really wanted a Spider-Man movie that was like just like Spider-Man, where he just got to be sure. Spider-Man. Sure. And we didn't have to deal with you know the like the Iron Man stuff and like and this like doubles up no, from Homecoming. Sure. So even though I liked it, I still you know have this hope for like three that it's more back to basic spider-man well i think probably since you're dealing with him and his reputation it's he i think he's always gonna be tied in be only because they've set him up as this you know the, the era of stark industries character so he, i think it'll always be there but you would think from the way they are setting up the with the in credit sequence that it's gonna be you know a, a much more self-contained how does peter fight misinformation as opposed to a bad guy i mean i'm sure there will be a bad guy i can't wait to see what happens next for Mr. Harrington is the real takeaway. <laughs> I, I want more Martin Starr. He should get his own film. He's fantastic. He's he's the Phil Coulson. Now, actually, I was thinking that about Happy. Like Happy is the new Phil Coulson of the MCU movies. Like yeah. he's that great continuity between all the movies, and he's like the heart. That's true. I'm just hope that after revealing Peter's identity, that the newfound fame that comes to Jonah, he realizes he needs a toupee, and he puts on a. <laughs> <laughs> a flat top wig because it just it's just not it's not Jonah without a flat top. If you yeah. think about it, the biggest assholes in the Marvel universe have flat tops. All those clicks from you know posting that video yep. and like everything he's getting from like the crazy horse pills that he's selling <laughs> right. on his website, he can cash in for for a flat top. It's gonna really bug me if he doesn't have one. We've gone this entire podcast without saying Peter Tingle, and um, that was funny. that's I think that's disappointing. Did he lose that in the? The blip? Is that what happened? I don't know. They didn't really explain that. It was like they almost the, the way they framed it was almost like a confidence thing. Like yeah, I lost sense. my Peter Tingle, yeah. and like now I got it back because I believed in myself. The Peter Tingle is like having the force because you can go blindfold into a thing and just like that's true. Kick ass and go through bullets and stuff. Anyways, it's a fun time with the super film fun movies. movie. Go see it. It's a. It's mostly. I mean, it's fun for all ages almost. There's, there's, there might be some swears, yeah. but it's still pretty, pretty family friendly. It's a 
Great Spider-Man. This this is now my favorite live-action Spider-Man. Oh, wait, wait. This this movie or this Spider-Man? This iteration of Spider-Man. Okay, between this, the, between these two movies world. and his appearances in other films. I think they just nail Peter Parker with this. Uh, I, I think so, too. I think Tom Holland is just like, and, and I love that they, they finally have the youth of Spider-Man is yep. like a very big part of it. And but I also but I also love this as just like the fullness of Spider-Man. Like, I like that those Raimi movies exist. Yeah. Like, I don't want to erase them from my memory. No. You know, and I even had fun with the Andrew Garfield ones. But like, I think this is this such is such right an tone. inventive use of of everything. And, and even though he came so late to the MCU, he's perfectly at home there and they've, they've done yep. very smart things with it and it doesn't feel like a retread. Mm-hmm. So there we go. All right. So go to fanboy.com. There'll be a post for this show. If you want to talk about Spider-Man, your feelings in the film, Paul and I will be back with Ryan Haupt doing our animated review series. The latest will be Batman hush sometime in August. And so you can check that out. And, uh, the next, the next actual big league film I was wondering about that. What is next? Is I just moved all my files around and now I don't know where they are anymore. Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman? Oh, the next one is Joker in October. Oh, right. And then Star Wars in December. Man. Yeah. So Good times. Still some fun content coming away. So check it out along with our weekly Pick the Week podcast. Where we talk about the week's comics. That was fun, Paul. That was fun. That was fun. Also, the Mysterio special effects, mm-hmm. not, not just the attacks, but like the, the nightmare sequence. Yeah. Really good. Yes. Like that is a great realization of how scary Mysterio can be. Yeah. And then at the end, you get hit by a train. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul.